Hey, podcasters, thanks for listening to Memphis MedCast. If you've got any ideas for future episodes of the podcast, uh, please send them over to info at mdmemphis.org. Thanks for listening. You're listening to the Memphis MedCast, a podcast series from Memphis Medical Society. Find out more about our mission and services at mdmemphis.org. Hello out there, everybody. We're back with a brand new episode of Memphis MedCast. I'm your host, Clint Cummins, CEO of the Memphis Medical Society. That voice you heard in our opening was our communications director, Allison Cook, who also helps produce this podcast and produces a lot of the other content that you see from Memphis Medical Society throughout the year. We have a special edition of our podcast today, which focuses on the upcoming Tennessee Medical Association elections for president-elect. This individual will serve as TMA president in the year 2021. Our guest today really needs no introduction, but he's going to get one. He's being endorsed by the Memphis Medical Society's Board of Directors as its preferred candidate for TMA president-elect. That means we know Dr. Ryan Kirkland, we support him, and we think he's the most qualified candidate for the office of TMA president in 2021. Dr. Kirkland has held a variety of TMA roles, including chair of the Professional Relations Committee of TMA for two years. Uh, He chaired the TMA Legislative Committee for four years, a very important role in the TMA organization. And he's currently on the board of Impact, another important organization, that's TMA's Political Action Committee. I've seen firsthand Dr. Kirkland's leadership at a number of TMA and Memphis Medical Society functions. Dr. Kirkland's the quintessential roll your sleeves up and work leader. The man shows up literally everywhere. He's at TMA meetings, AMA meetings, local society meetings, meetings with legislators, you name it, the man is everywhere. Uh, So Dr. Kirkland, welcome. Um, Before we get into the politics of TMA and the politics of the uh, presidential election, Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about your professional background and any personal details you want to share with us? Sure, Clint, and uh, thank you very much for having me, and I certainly appreciate the endorsement of the Memphis Medical Society. Um, I am an ENT doctor by training. I did my medical school and ENT training here in Memphis and practiced for two years uh, at Le primarily and also at uh, Methodist downtown. Now you have, I, if I recall, there's another connection to Memphis you have a little bit more on a personal level and a little bit more uh, uh, current. There might be a, a family member of yours that practices medicine in Memphis. Well, that's correct. Uh, my favorite daughter, Frances <laughs> uh, Lawhead, her married name, is a dermatologist here in, Med- in Memphis. And I call her my favorite daughter, but obviously, as you have figured out, she's my only daughter. Uh, but she's been a joy. I have, also have three sons, none of whom chose to make medicine uh, their profession. Um, I did graduate from uh, UT Martin, and I share that with Clint, our host. Go Skyhawks. And, and yeah, and uh, I'm very appreciative of Martin for uh, giving me the opportunity to be a student there, and they were very supportive. I have an interesting story to tell, which takes too long for this podcast, uh, about Martin's help in getting me into medical school. Uh, it's, it's just a, a wonderful relationship. And, and through that, I've gotten involved, or I got involved with the UT National Alumni Association, ended up being a president of that organization, uh, and visiting and making speeches uh, on all the various campuses of UT, uh, and really across the country, various stops with alumni groups across the country. A lot of fun. Um, when I graduated from Martin, I was, I was already in the military, uh, serving in Vietnam, and in 
June of 1970, I graduated in absentia while I was stationed in uh, Nha Trang, Vietnam. Well, thank you for your service, Dr. Kirkland, and uh, it's nice to hear a little bit more about your uh, professional and uh, personal uh, background. Uh, so now we're, we're going to get right to it with some hard-nosed questions about organized medicine, and I've got air quotes when I say hard-nosed. These aren't difficult questions, but uh, we definitely want to hear from Dr. Kirkland uh, about what his plans might be uh, for organized medicine in the state of Tennessee. So uh, are you ready, Dr. Kirkland? I'm ready. <laughs> All right, we're going to start with a softball question. Uh, tell us your stump speech. Why are you a great candidate for uh, TMA president? Well, my stump speech is really very short. Uh, what I offer TMA is uh, three things, experience, influence, and time. Uh, I've had the experience of leading uh, several rather large organizations, including the UT National Alumni Association, which I mentioned, but I was also chairman of the board of the American Medical Group Association, a trade association of 400 plus uh, large medical groups across the country, uh, a great experience. A couple of years later, I also chaired their foundation, which at that time was moving into doing chronic care challenge work. These are large uh, multi-year um, uh, plans, the first of which dealt with hypertension and involved about uh, clinics which served 42 million people, uh, of which about 14 million uh, were hypertensive and those people had uh, as, a, as a population group had their hypertension brought more closely under control through the efforts of AMGA. Really a lot of uh, fun being a part of that. The most recent chronic care challenge has been diabetes and I had moved on at the, at, by the time that had gotten started. I don't know the outcome but I'm sure it's been good. Um, so that addresses the experience uh, uh, area and in doing these things, I've had to work with people on boards, and uh, I have learned to bring consensus from a group of people on a board, and I think that's what the, the TMA board needs at this particular time. As far as influence is concerned, while I was a, a chairman of the legislative committee, I, got, I spent about one day you know, most weeks in Nashville with the legislators and with our advocacy team, and I got to know a significant number of them uh, by name and by face, and uh, we uh, can pick up a conversation without having to go through the formalities. And I think that's helpful to TMA, to have a physician who knows a lot of the legislators. And finally, the time, I'm semi-retired, I no longer practice full-time, uh, and I have the time to devote to being uh, president-elect and then president of TMA and do the job right. Now, I want to <clears throat> dig deeper into the time comment just for a second, if you don't mind. Uh, I, I go to Nashville pretty frequently as part of my job uh, as a medical society CEO, and it seems like every time I'm there, you're there. Uh, so in <laughs> well, the in four years as TMA legislative chairman, and I know you've been numerous times. I mean, yeah. goodness gracious, how many trips have you made to Nashville? Uh, over well, the years? Uh, legislature usually meets uh, what three to four months, and roughly. Uh, Four Tuesdays it was the day that I picked to go. Usually, I would, when I was working full time, I would just eliminate that day of office and, and go to Nashville. So, uh, fifteen or sixteen days per session times four sessions would be, you know, fifty or sixty trips up there. I guess. Wow. I didn't go every week, so that figure may be a little bit high, but it's close. Well, it's it's still more than most people, and and really encouraging to see somebody spend that much. Uh, time with their elected officials. I know sometimes you wear the, the medicine hat, sometimes you wear the, 
the higher education hat, and I think sometimes you bring them both to the meeting and put them on as you need them. If I'm well, I do, I do advocate from time to time for the University of Tennessee system, uh, but I try not to get those two mixed up. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's uh, it's nice to hear someone uh, serve in organized medicine, and you know a lot of people have a kinship for the University of Tennessee that are going to be listening to this, so I'm sure everybody appreciates um, your efforts there. Um, back on the legislative agenda, you know, what are some of the issues uh, that you feel are especially important and that you're especially equipped to handle? Well, I'm very familiar with the scope of practice issue. Um, nurse practitioners and physician's assistants uh, there's clearly a need for those uh, individuals who've had that training, and I applaud the fact that they're getting additional training and, and becoming more well-qualified. Uh, even though they're doing that, they still have a small fraction of the, uh, the training and the experience of physicians. So I'm a complete and full believer in the physician-led uh, team-based care as identified in the TMA white paper on that topic. Um, so I'm anxious to get involved with the scope of practice issue. The, the second issue, which is very important right now, is balance billing or surprise billing. Uh, none of us wants our patients to get uh, a large bill that they are not expecting, and that's happening in some cases. Uh, the federal legislation is at a standstill currently, even though Senator Alexander's bill uh, became a compromise bill, adding some things to it, which made it more palatable. It's my understanding that, that bill uh, will pa would pass the Senate, but would not pass the House in its uh, current form. TMA is insisting on a, uh, a part called dispute resolution, where uh, there will be a procedure set in the law where the insurance companies could present their case, uh, the physician could present his or her case, and the resolution will be somewhere probably, uh, uh, in fact, I think it's, it's set up to take one or the other, which makes them both kind of uh, go toward the mean, and, and they would be uh, probably pretty close together. Anyway, it's a much better situation for the patient, uh, for the physician, um, and the insurance company may not like it, but we can't allow the insurance companies to run the practice of medicine. The third thing is... Uh, Opioids, and I'll talk a bit about that a little, little later perhaps, but uh, our opioid uh, uh, law passed about two years ago has been very successful, I think, in reducing the supply of opioids in the system. Unfortunately, what's happened, in my opinion, is other illegal drugs such as methamphetamine have taken the opioid place. Um, so I, I'm anxious to to work on that and to direct the legislature's attention to uh, other uh, addictive substances, particularly when it's involving uh, pregnant women who are addicted. Uh, the final topic is telemedicine, and that's that's coming along at a pretty good clip, and I think it's uh, it's going to be a positive thing for the future. So we know uh, TMA is awesome at advocacy. It's a well-oiled machine. TMA offers a lot for its members, um, but what just immediate opportunities for improvement do you see that you'd be interested in tackling uh, if you're elected president? Well, in addition to those four topics that I mentioned, there, there are issues uh, at the board level with um, how TMA is governed and how TMA is structured in uh, relationship to the metros, which have gotten to be quite sizable and quite powerful. Um, uh, as I said before, I'm accustomed to being 
in a boardroom with some very powerful people uh, with the AMGA experience. There were uh, high-ranking members of uh, Mayo Clinic, Cleveland Clinic, Palo Alto Clinic, Oxnard Clinic, uh, those type of places uh, in the room, and we had to bring consensus. And I think I can be a voice of reason and experience and uh, help to um, continue to make TMA strong and even stronger than it is, and at the same time uh, preserve the integrity and the strength of the metros. Um, so you touched on some of this. I want to see if there's you know any other um, things you want to touch on here. Uh, we know TMA's number one focus is and always will be advocacy. Um, but are, are there other parts of the mission that um, are near and dear to your heart that you either want to work on or work to improve? Well, as I mentioned before, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk more about opioids. I have a particular uh, love for the recovery process. I'm not personally in recovery. Uh, my father was an alcoholic his entire life and died an alcoholic, and I, I could uh, see growing up uh, the damage that addiction does to a family. I'm intimately involved with an organization in Jackson called ASPL, which is a drug and alcohol recovery unit, and uh, it's, it's a real pleasure to be on campus. I feel like that's my second home, and would certainly invite anybody who's listening if you have an interest in, in how addiction recovery can be done in a, a very, very uh, successful way, uh, give me a call and we'll arrange a tour of Aspel for you. But one of the things that we've recently done that's uh, very impressive to me is that we uh, uh, intake uh, pregnant women who are addicted to opioids and we uh, taper them off the opioid and then deliver a baby who is as healthy as a baby can be given those circumstances. I'm personally convinced that any exposure to opioids during pregnancy is not a good thing for the, the uh, fetus, and there could be some long-term uh, issues with a, uh, a pregnancy uh, where there's any amount of opioids, but it, it seems reasonable to me that the sooner you get the mother off the opioids, the healthier the baby's going to be. And that's been our experience uh, over the past year or so as long, uh, since this program began. Uh, so we're helping to produce... Uh, healthier babies who don't need a neonatal intensive care unit, saving our local hospital a good bit of money, saving uh, people who pay insurance premiums a good bit of money, sa saving the taxpayers a good bit of money. And um, the real savings uh, and the real joy is to see a relatively healthy child uh, who's not going to be uh, a neonatal abstinence syndrome baby and have problems the rest of their life. So uh, I'm hoping we can expand that and convince the legislators to uh, put money into other uh, drugs of choice, such as methamphetamine, uh, we need a way to uh, bring women who are addicted to methamphetamine into, uh, and are pregnant, bring them into a program where they could be uh, taken off the methamphetamine, given the tools to stay clean once they, they leave, and uh, deliver a healthy baby who's not also addicted to methamphetamine. Well, that's, uh, that's really awesome to hear that uh, you're marrying your, your passion for public health with uh, the clear skill set you have around the legislative advocacy piece. And um, I think that's a, a really neat um, aspect to add uh, to TMA. So uh, I hope you're able to fulfill that uh, goal and mission. Now, uh, my last question is a really hard one. Um, I've heard that uh, after your own hometown, uh, Memphis is your favorite city in the state. Now, is that true? Hold on, I'm kidding. Don't answer well, that. We got, I, we got people in other parts of the state that might listen to this. So, uh, Doctor, I'll speak for Dr. Kirkland. He loves 
uh, every community in the state of Tennessee <laughs> equally and uh, every specialty when it comes to medicine and, um, and everything else. Um, I, do, I do really like the uh, larger cities in the state for their own individual reasons, but um, particularly interested in the Grizzlies in Memphis. I was at a Grizzlies game this past uh, Sunday and enjoyed that, and I'm very proud of the Titans, and I'll be uh, watching the Titans uh, in two days in the afternoon when they, uh, they are on TV again, and I say, go Titans, let's win the whole thing. Well, that's great. Um, Dr. Kirkland, anything else you want to leave us with? Uh, I just would, would like to encourage uh, everyone listening, not just to vote for me, but to go and vote. Our participation rate historically has been less than 20% of our voting members actually cast a vote. It's a very simple thing to do. You'll get an email which gives you, gives you uh, all the instructions. It gives you the number that you'll need to log on and to be sure that it's you, actually you, that's voting. Uh, it takes uh, somewhere between one and two, maybe three minutes at the most. So it's, it's, it, it, it looks like it's difficult to do when you first open the email, but it is not. Please uh, open the email, please click on the link, and please take that two or three minutes to vote. I'd love for you to vote for me, but it's important that you vote. Well, and in, if in fact you do run into trouble uh, with voting, just call the office, uh, the Memphis Medical Society office, 901-761-0200. Uh, Janice in our office would be glad to help you with uh, the voting procedures if you do have any challenges. but. Uh, Dr. Kirkland's right. It's, it's designed to be an easy process, and uh, we really want to encourage people uh, to get out and vote. Uh, well, Dr. Kirkland, thank you for joining us today, and, and thank you, everybody out there, for joining us. And thank you. Uh, hopefully, most of you are members of the Memphis Medical Society and TMA that are listening, so thank you for that membership. Uh, let me close by also reminding you that you can join us on Wednesday, March 25th, for TMA's Day on the Hill. Dr. Kirkland's probably gonna be there. I'll be there. Uh, along with hundreds of other physicians throughout the state. We had record turnout last year. I think it was somewhere near 300 folks that um, joined us last year. It's a great opportunity uh, to affect the healthcare landscape in our state. And it only takes a day of your time. Uh, so you've got plenty of time to plan uh, for days off and to plan patient appointments appropriately. Uh, the best part is uh, if you're a member of Memphis Medical Society, we will bus you there. Uh, a bus leaves from Memphis at around 6.30 a.m., goes to Nashville. Uh, we meet with legislators um, and, and see some of our colleagues from throughout the state uh, throughout the day, and then we come back uh, for the evening. Uh, you can go to our website at ndmemphis.org to learn more information and register uh, for Day on the Hill. Uh, that wraps us up for this episode of Memphis MedCast. I'm Clint Cummins uh, for Dr. Ryan Kirkland. We'll see you soon uh, for yet another episode. You've been listening to the Memphis MedCast, a podcast series from Memphis Medical Society. Subscribe to our podcast anywhere you enjoy listening to podcasts or mdmemphis.org.